Upstream with Jim and John, father and son conversations about discipleship and culture in the Pacific Northwest. I'm John. And I'm Jim. And welcome to episode 147, the closing episode of this epic season we have been in of Jim and John. <laughs> That's three year season. Uh, it's a three year season and it's an epic. Isn't an epic like when you have like a, isn't that, isn't that a word? Yeah. You have like an epic yeah, an epic is, Some, is a, uh, it's a genre of of uh, story. Oh, okay. So there's like epic poetry is like the Odyssey. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. it's not like that. So whatever it I mean, was. It could be. Yeah. If, we're, if we're really pat ourselves <laughs> on the back, it could be. <laughs> so here's what was going to happen in this episode. We are going to just uh, thank you a lot, but we're also going to talk through a whole lot of our thinking. So we're each going to tell a story. It'll be our final storytelling. Then we're going to walk through. Uh, we got six small segments here. And then if you are a patron, we are going to produce a YouTube video just for patrons that will go a little bit deeper into um, our story, what God is saying to us, what we think is happening next, and some little more vulnerability to those of you who have carried the mail for us all this time. So we're super grateful to you, and we feel like you probably care about that more than the average listener. So we're going to we're gonna be sending that to you by email within about the next week. So... And I and I wanted to clarify when we first talked about that. I didn't want it to come across as like a final funding push. Uh, this is just right. a, this is a a uh, a try to return the favor as this far is as value. gratitude. Yeah. Gratitude, exactly. It, so, this is gratitude. And uh, in that episode, we'll also walk you through how to cancel your patron support, and um, and you know whatever we want to make sure you you, you uh, get get that taken care of. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, hit me with your uh, your last stories. Okay, so I'm 16 years old. Mm-hmm. And um, my dad had died of cancer just a little bit before. See, he died in September. So this would be January, the next January, uh, just before I would have turned 17 in March. So I'm 16. And my dad had this uh, good friend of his from high school that was always was our friend, JoJo. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's not uh, – there's one guy, Jostine. Jostine. That's, okay, and that's they him. all called him JoJo. Okay. And uh, they had this little thing, Jojo the dog face boy. He walks, he talks, he crawls on his belly like a reptile. <laughs> Told me. And uh, so <laughs> so uh, Joe had a son uh, about two and a half years younger than me. And um, he also played ice hockey. They're the ones that got me into hockey. You would think that you and him would be about best friends. We, I, were, we were good buddies, but we didn't have a lot in common. Gotcha. Except hockey. Gotcha. Uh, and our dad's. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, they take me. JoJo was uh, uh, an alcoholic, and so he was a part of this AA community that was really tight, mm-hmm. and they wanted me to learn how to snow ski. So in January, they took this ski trip with all these their community in AA. And so we had this big house uh, in the mountains that we rented, and um, it was really cool. One of the guys had his sobriety birthday while we were there. He had been a wide receiver for the Vikings. Dang. And so there was a birthday party for his sobriety. It's really a cool experience in that regard. But we go to the mountains the first day, Winter Park, Colorado, and uh, I've never skied before. I mean, I've never put skis on my – I've never done it. Sure. So uh, Steve says, oh, you don't need a lesson. I'll teach you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's warning number one. Yeah. And so uh, we put on these skis. We get on the chairlift. Getting off the chairlift is a, an accomplishment all by itself. Yeah, absolutely. We get off the lift. We ski literally 100 yards down to another lift, get on that one. 
and it takes us to the very summit. No way. And when we get off the chair there, Steve goes, uh-oh. I said, what? He said, all these runs are blacks. I'm like, what does that mean? He said, that means you're going to learn to ski in a hurry. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> and so he says, uh, here's some tips, okay? Here's how you snowplow. Here's how you stop. And because I had ice skated, you know, and was a very good ice skater. Sure. There's a lot of similarities that translate. And, man, I must have fallen 37 times going down that mountain. Down these – and I was cussing his name. <laughs> but as we started getting closer to the bottom, now we're on blues – I'm chopping it up, man. Sure. I mean, I, I got some skills going. So I get a little overconfident. Oh, no. And on the last stretch point, you know, you can see the lodge at the bottom of the hill. And I'm cutting back and forth. I think I'm Mr. Hot Shot. And I catch an edge. And I flip over, head over heels. When my feet come down, the skis stick in the snow. Right. And I flip over the top of them, snapping them completely in half. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to slide down the hill with these broken skis in my arms. Yeah. All the way to the bottom. I carry them into the ski shop and go, uh, I need another pair. <laughs> <laughs> and that was my, uh, that was my, that's how you learn how to ski. Was it effective? You let some knucklehead take you to only blacks. Yeah. And by the time you get to the bottom, you do all right. Was it effective training? Like, if you could do it again, you'd be like, yeah, that taught me well. I would never want to learn that way again. However, I did learn. That's, that's true. <laughs> uh, since it's a special episode, I thought I'd tell a uh, story, too. And uh, I was thinking about it. And uh, the problem is that we've been doing this for so long that I can't remember all the stories I've told. So I've, you know, I've given this <laughs> disclaimer before. I have no clue if I've told these stories before, but... Uh, these ones are about my brother, Tim. Uh, one of them I might have told. And Tim is one of our most committed listeners. So yeah. that's one of the reasons you wanted to tell this story is because uh, he was not he was not really glad that we were stopping. No, and I feel bad because there's plenty of Tim's stories that I haven't told. Yeah. So uh, I, if, you know, if someone was just observing my life through the upstream with Jim and John, you might think, he didn't hang out with his brother very much. Ah. Uh. And that's not we could have ma- we could have told a story of him making you cry at least thirty different stories. <laughs> uh, yeah, one of these is one of those, I guess. Okay, no, both of them. <laughs> okay. Both of them are. I didn't even think about it. So uh, one is we were in Deer Lodge, Montana. Mm. So I was somewhere between the ages of three and six, four and six. There, four and six. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Tim had a dirt bike, and in my head, you know, this thing is like a seven fifty right. big, you know. Monster bike. Monster dirt bike. It was probably pretty little because Tim at that point was 10 or, Mm -hmm. you know. or he's eight years older than you, so he was 12. Yeah, somewhere between 12 and Mm -hmm. and 14, I guess. While we were in Montana, he went from a, uh, I think from a 60cc dirt bike to an 80cc dirt bike. Okay. And so, anyway, he's got this bike and he... You know, the memory starts when I'm on the bike. So I don't remember the, but he put, he put me in front of him, you know, holding the steering, the mm-hmm. steering bar. Handlebars. Handlebars. Yeah. That should tell you about yeah. all you need to know. You're not holding the steering wheel. No. No. And uh, <laughs> so he puts me on there and he's like, he's like, I'll do the, you know, you just, you just. I'll do the us. gas and brakes. You just, yeah. And I can't remember where this was. It was kind of like a sloped field. It's like a little. It's our of, backyard. Yeah. We really? had no fence back there. We were up on a hill. And there were neighbor spots. I think I'm pretty sure that's where it occurred. I bet because so basically, we start going, and you know my memory's about as about for this one in particular, it's about as reliable as as anything. But uh, so it, in my memory, we're, we're flying, we're going very fast, and he keeps telling me to turn to the right. He says, "Go to the right," and I can't. Like it's just it's not working. 
So we go about, you know, whatever our full speed was into this person's back porch at the back of the hill <laughs> and uh, break their plants and uh, like these potted plants. I think we broke one or two of those. I'd be interested to hear Tim's version of this story because he was, mm-hmm. pro- you know, a lot more cognizant. And, uh, and the guy comes out and he's mad. He's screaming, I think. And I'm crying. And I remember crying and not being able to stop, even though I wasn't in pain at all. Like, I felt It was fine. just the trauma. Of yeah. It. Yeah. Uh, and that's where that memory ends. No clue how that resolved. Mm. And I remember being like, I remember even as a kid, I was like, why are you mad about the plants? We could have died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even bother to ask how, no. if you guys were okay. No, but I mean, we broke his plants. Yeah. And he probably, he might have known Tim at that point. These are Montana men. Yeah. They care about, they care their, about plants. their plants. <laughs> Very sensitive. <laughs> uh, the other... Uh, there was another, and it is much like it. And it is, uh, uh, we had this hotel suite. I can't remember the trip, but there was uh, two hotel rooms that we had rented as a family. Yeah. And they were joined together with that little, you know. Door. Yeah. Door. And uh, and so, I don't remember why we were there or what we were even doing, but I found a, uh, uh, what's that tool? Like, it's, I, I want to call it a shoe tongue, but that's not it at all. A shoe oh, horn. A shoe horn. Yeah. The tongue is the front of it. The, the shoe horn. Found one in the closet of the of the mm. of the hotel room. I'd never seen one before. And I was like, "What is this for?" And, and you guys told me what it's for. <laughs> so I'm running around with a shoehorn, and uh, and for whatever reason, whatever possessed me to do this, I see Tim in the other room, and I smack him right in the <laughs> right in the jewels with a shoehorn, <laughs> which has a bit of like a, a, a flex, a, to a it. slap yeah. to it. Yeah. yeah. So this is you know because it was a plastic shoehorn. Yeah, a plastic one. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Uh, because uh, I had a, I have a metal shoehorn that I've had for years and okay very handy but these yeah. these were this was a plastic one so basically like the like a plastic ruler just like a flap yeah. right to the yeah. you know so yeah he was pissed and so he's <laughs> he's chasing me around <laughs> shouting at me and I'm running circles around the bed running around the suite and calling for you guys to help and uh, <laughs> I don't remember how that one resolved either <laughs> I think he I think he showed me mercy uh, after a little bit of a whooping maybe yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's hilarious. So there are more, but those ones, those are some of my favorite, uh, uh, very young ones. Um, but I love my brother. All right, let's set the table. Uh, we have a we have our favorite senior citizen in the studio with us today, uh, John's <laughs> dog Romo. And so if you hear some sounds around us, that would be Romo. He, he's uh, he's he's I think borderline senile. He's nearly blind. He's, For some reason, he's, he's more in a deal where he's smacking his lips a lot. <laughs> He's more deaf than blind, uh-huh. and he's very uh, uh, aware still. He's 14. We've seen uh, Lindsay show me videos of other uh, like old dogs on TikTok, old dachshunds, mm. and he's looking good, man. You have no idea. Oh, compared to these other senior uh-huh. citizens? Yeah. Well, we're so he's here, so if you hear some noises, it's probably him. Yeah. And here's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to go through this kind of quick, and if you're listening to this episode, it's probably because you... Um, you know, we have some kind of relationship through this together, uh, that this would even matter to you. So we're going to talk about why we started the podcast, uh, to begin with, let me give you a little rundown. We're going to talk about, uh, the growth we've experienced personally through this. We're going to talk about, um, our favorite episodes. We're going to talk about what we had, uh, what we lacked the courage to discuss (laughs) episodes we thought about, but didn't have the courage to actually do. Uh, we're going to talk about the frust- there's one frustration I have that was consistent throughout this entire journey, and then we're going to talk about what's next for us. And we're going to do all that in pretty rapid form. Yeah. So there's the outline, and here we go. John, when we started this 
uh, podcast three, I guess three years ago, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, why did we do it? What, what's your, what's your short, if somebody says, why did you guys do this in the first place? It was, uh, immediately after we had done the pursuit. So we had, uh, uh, got our feet wet working together. And if you're new to us, the pursuit was a 40 day, um, introduction to biblical faith that we co-wrote and then, uh, published. Mm-hmm. So it was at the end of doing that. And so after that, uh, uh we talked about some kind of podcast and, uh, and for me, so so basically, we in this we've talked about in this group that we're doing now, this kind of discipleship group. There's there's the uh, function, which in that group is is discipline, and the goal is you know anything. For me, the goal is closeness with God. So it's, so you have you have function outcome and, based and and, yeah. and habit fueled. So the function, the habit, the habitual functions mm-hmm. were not the goal. So for the podcast, the goal. Uh, was looser really we were in it for the form we were in it to have to record our conversations mm-hmm. so it was interesting to kind of we we had heard this uh, uh wisdom in the podcast world that you want to be really specific you yeah. want your goal to be very 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 specific and as soon as you think it's specific enough do it one more time go go one further niche it down niche it down niche it down and the theory was the goal is not to have a broad vast audience the goal is to have a narrow highly engaged audience right so uh, we kind of we thought about who we at the time had uh, kind of a heart for or who we thought we could reach really well. And we came up with this uh, ideal listener. Stephen King has an ideal reader he talks about. And oh. It's his wife. We have an ideal listener. His ideal reader is his wife. Mm-hmm. She's the first one to read all of his stuff. Wow. He says when he he writes funny parts and he's in the room when she's reading him, he keeps looking at her, <laughs> waiting for her to laugh. Uh, so our, our ideal listener we came up with is is uh, I don't know if we ever talked about him an imaginary here. person that we named Scott. Yeah, just a guy named Scott. He's probably uh, mid thirties to early forties, and he's stuck. That was the word we kept coming to. Is he's stuck? Yeah. So he's uh, he's um, probably you know really late twenties to forty. Yeah. And he's got kids, and he's married, and his faith is stuck, and he feels a little bit like uh, he can't figure out. Uh, what he really thinks about God or why it has any value to his life. Yeah. So we, we really wanted to help uh, that guy. And, uh, and that's why when we got down to, you know, on that, on that niching topic again, we get to father and son conversations about discipleship and about culture in our region. So the region was the, the overall you've got, you've got father and son. That's already one group. Mm-hmm. Discipleship is very broad and culture is very broad, but those, those, the intersection of those two mm-hmm. and then our region. So ideally that's pretty niche. Um, I would say we didn't focus on the region very much, um, but we wanted to kind of bring that platform to help Scott. So yeah. that, that was our original thing. Yeah. Ironically, and this is interesting because w- when people first asked me, why do you guys do this? Um, I said, well, you know, we've always had wonderful conversations. You and I have since you were probably eight. Hmm. Um, and so we decided to start recording them because you and I were having these kind of conversations all the time. Yeah. And, um, People who would sit down with us and watch one of these conversations would occasionally say, you guys ought to record these. And so um, <clears throat> it was both that and it was, okay, if we're going to do this, what are we going to aim at? And we decided to aim at Scott. Now, the irony is that over the time, how would you describe our typical listener, um, maybe our most common listener? What would that profile be, John? It's a little more varied than <laughs> I thought it would be. Our most engaged listeners are uh, women. 
Yeah. Which was it was very interesting. We thought that, you know, uh, Bubba and Jeffrey over here <laughs> would have about as much reach with women as, as you know, right. hunting and, right. and, uh, and fly fishing. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, sexist. I'm sure there's plenty of women who do both those things. But, yeah. uh, but you know what I mean. Yeah. So that was interesting. And uh, I, don't, I still don't know why that is. Me either. And it, but, it, but it does say to us that we missed our mark. Mm. Um, you know, if we're aiming at Scott and maybe Scott is a hard guy to get to listen to a podcast that's of any serious nature. Sure. Uh, because he's stuck, he's listening to something else, uh, that's maybe more entertaining. Um, but so for us, it was, it was father and son too. We think there's a fatherhood gap. We think there's a fatherlessness among Christians. We know we think of this Scott as having a, uh, as not having a compelling dialogue with his own dad. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted and nobody to fill that role, no mentor per se. Yeah. So we wanted to provide that uh, in this format where he could have, because when you're listening to a podcast, you start talking back to it. Uh, if you're in your car or in your headphones, you know, you start having, it's like you're a part of the conversation and we wanted him to do that. We wanted our listener to, to benefit from a father son conversation about discipleship, following Jesus closely and about the intersection of that with modern culture in a region like the Pacific Northwest, where it's not a Bible belt, it's not uh, necessarily friendly to the Christian framework. Yeah. And I want to say, you know, we kind of talked about missing the mark there as, as uh, I don't want that to come across as ungrateful mm-hmm. because the listeners we do have that, that did miss the mark, that weren't Scott, I'm still very grateful for. They're oh, very, very engaged. Grateful. And it turned out the podcast served a different purpose for that listener. Right. A lot of moms told me this helps me with my kids, mm-hmm. and so they were they were enjoying that. Some we have some moms who listen to it with their kids, and so <laughs> their kids will refer back to some of our stories, and so uh, we have some. You know, it served a good purpose there. Yeah. Also, uh, one of the things I wanted to do was inspire fathers to have these conversations with their kids, and uh, that leads to the tool that I was that I'm about halfway through preparing to help dads do that. Um, but that was another thing. And now the last shred of truth there, we also had a hope that this would become a platform that would provide you, Jonathan, with a full-time vocational, uh, uh, compensation income so that you could devote yourself both to this and to writing. Mm -hmm. Because at the time when we started, you were, you were serving coffee. Mm -hmm. Um, there was a short time where you were writing for another paper uh, but in both cases, we were really hoping that you could devote full-time energy to this podcast uh, ministry, you know, Jim and John, and writing. And the goal would be that eventually we would have a platform where when you wrote your first book, there's a built-in audience for that first book as well. Mm-hmm. So that was one of the goals. Yeah, that's the the selfish one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and short time. I was actually at the paper longer than I was serving coffee. I was there for about a year. Yeah. Yeah. That was after we had started, but all right. Question number two: how How has this? Uh, how have you grown through the three year journey of us doing this together? Uh, I like to think quite a bit. Uh, it's interesting because we we were having conversations for a long time, but the formality of the podcast changes certain things. Mm-hmm. So, like if we would, in reality, in our casual conversations, we might retread the same ground pretty regularly. Yeah, and you know, to be honest, here we retread the same ground here fairly <laughs> too much too much but even more so on our own you know we, we would kind of come back to the same thing and if the conversation ended on our own with um yeah man i don't know you know like that's how almost all our conversations end 
uh, on our own. So this structure kind of made us um, work harder. So I think about, you know, I haven't gone back and listened to the early episodes. And I don't know if I ever will. It might be right. kind of torturous. But I think about the, the topics we talked about and the uh, depth of of thought. I've talked about, you know, again, I think just last week about my lack of biblical knowledge and engagement mm-hmm. up until mm-hmm. I went to college. And that was just, you know, that was just early stuff. Really, a huge part of it was uh, uh, what started there when we wrote The Pursuit. The Pursuit was kind of like what, what what we hoped for everyone to get out of that. I got out of it through helping to write and edit it. Right. Uh, and it was primarily editing. I only wrote one of the actual mm-hmm. devotionals. And uh, so The Pursuit was huge for me. And then it was more and more and more scripture. So I feel like uh, I went from, you know... Uh, it's hard to say, but basically, I, I I grew a lot in my own understanding, and and again, recently, we'll talk about this more a little later. But the last six months, as we've been doing this group for both of us, has been a really, really incredible time of uh, of closeness with God. So, uh, personally, I've changed a lot, I think. But but I would be interested to know if it looks that way from the outside. Yeah, it does to me, and it, I can I can see that, and I do think you know as you as you mentioned the last. Uh, probably 21 weeks uh, more concisely are the most powerful 21 weeks of our journeys of faith in our life. Hmm. Um, I think that's true. For, well, for me, it absolutely yeah. is. So uh, that's also a part of that. When I look at the, when I get on the website and I look through the list of episodes, I am very, very proud of the uh, topics we've covered uh, and that is how I've grown because mm. it forced us to have conversations about a variety of topics that uh, really are uh, worthy to yeah. to spend some time and thought on. So I'm really proud of that, and and I learned a lot because of that. All right, number three, favorite episodes, John. What uh, talk about your favorite episodes? So we did a newsletter a little while ago, back I think in November or thereabout of 21. Uh, where we talked about our favorite episodes and the one I listed there was uh, it was called on faith, empathy and human complexity. I forget the episode number. And as much as I, as much as that one content wise is important to me, I'm not actually that proud of the episode itself mm. just because it was so, it's such a big topic. We weren't very organized. Uh, and so I love, I do love the content, but that one, maybe not, not my top one anymore. So I have uh, a short list it's not as definitive, I guess. Okay. Uh, so uh, one little series of them is the John Corcoran episodes. I which love, is, yeah, John became a good friend, and mm-hmm. uh, what a great thinker. And uh, I love those episodes as well. And those ones, I wish they were either much longer or we had three more of them, mm-hmm. because you could probably tell from the pace of them, they could have just gone forever. Forever. So uh, again, structure-wise, I feel like we could have maybe done better with some kind of outline. But it's tough when there's that much ground to cover. Mm-hmm. But I still loved the I loved the content. Loved having them on here. One of my regrets maybe would be that we didn't get as many guests as we should have. Yeah. So there's those ones. Uh, then there is the humanity of the other. That is the name of one mm. of the episodes, and that is uh, episode 122. Mm-hmm. And it was you know that was 20 weeks ago, basically 25 weeks ago, and basically the division. It's hard to, I don't really want to get too deep into it, but this is a pretty divided time. And I feel like one of the things I'm most proud of us is kind of uh, our championing of empathy and of humility mm-hmm. 
and of trying to go uh, smaller and not bigger, mm-hmm. trying to support, not oppress, mm-hmm. things like that. Uh, and, and so I, that one, that episode in particular, I haven't listened to in a while, um, but it was a, a season of the episodes that I'm really I'm really proud of. Yeah. And that was right before, uh, well, it was right after another of my favorites, which is the one that Tim was on. Mm. Uh, that was Summer the, of 21. Yeah, from, from Estes Park. Mm-hmm. That one was great. And uh, my, again, this is not, not official, but I just love them. The last, like we just talked about, the last six months of episodes. So I think the one starting September 20th mm-hmm. of 2021 till now is some of my favorite stuff. And again, we talk in circles because the content is so powerful that we don't want to neglect it. So talking about the uh, Henry Nowen, the inner life, uh, what makes culture. Mm-hmm. I think we've had some of our best episodes in the last six months. And looking back on them again, I'm very, very proud of uh, not only the quality of them, but of the the d- diverse topics that we You know, the interesting thing is I felt like we got into a rut during that same time frame. Mm. So I felt like some of our conversations um, assumed some internal knowledge that we didn't sure. take the time to, to to really catch a person up to what we were talking about. That's totally fair. Insider talk. And so I thought that was a lull for us, even though the conversations were very, very good. My favorite episode continues to be episode um, 73 about – um, the essentials of mental health, mm. four essentials for mental health. I, that was transformational for me, and it continues to be one of my favorites. Although, like I say, when I look at the whole list, I'm 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 pretty Im- inspired by the list. Sure. Now there were some things we weren't willing to do. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, as you get into the podcasting world, you start. If your goal is to grab listeners. Uh, we learned some ways that people recommend doing that. And so um, here's, here's, the, it's, here's our little confession. Um, the podcast not gaining in popularity really for the last year um, is a factor in our willingness to quit doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also confess that we did not have the – we were just too lazy to put in what it takes to grow one. So we weren't faithful with newsletters. We didn't we didn't do some of these techniques and tricks that the podcasting world teaches you on how to expand your audience. But one of those methods is to be more controversial. Mm. One of those methods is and we did, you know, we did hit a hot topic once. If you put Trump in the title, that makes somebody want to hear it. Uh, on the John Christ scandal, we talked about that and that turned into one of our biggest I think our absolute it might biggest. be our biggest episode yeah. ever. We also did um uh, Ravi Zacharias during when his demise, mm-hmm. um, that one was popular because again it was a hot topic, hot moment. Uh, but we didn't want to do a ton of those. We didn't want that to be what we were about. And uh, for me, there were a couple of topics that I would have wanted to discuss if I had the courage to do so. Um, and those would turn out to be things like, um, for me, like broader marriage conversations. Mm-hmm. I know we had people say. Talk about marriage more. And, you know, one of the challenges of marriage, just as one tiny example, say your spouse has insecurities. Um, as a man, one of the questions you go through as, as, as your marriage continues and evolves, and this would be true of a woman, I'm sure, if your husband has the same kind of a flaw, do you uh, continue to work around that insecurity, for example, and cater to it? Or do you become a helper who says, I'm not going to do that because you need to grow through your insecurity? Sure. 
What is your role there to to bend the world so that it's comfortable for her or to create a world that that allows that discomfort to be confronted and grown through? And that's that's just one tiny uh, challenge in the marriage relationship. And because, you know, man, I just didn't want to pick a fight at home. (laughs) (laughs) So I wasn't going to have this podcast about this topic and then and then have Sue listen to it and go, hey, knucklehead, you know. Yeah. And so invite me on there next time. Yeah. We'll talk about how exactly. Really goes. Which we should have done. You know, we should have had our wives on at yeah. some point. Um, but I would say, you know, for that reason, we were a little nervous to do a lot of marriage topics. Uh, also, because the world is so binary and polarized, um, we did not enjoy hate mail. Mm. Yeah. And so we probably avoided some topics that would have got us more hate mail. Yeah. I think another part of that to speak for myself is, uh, and you've, you've been talking to big groups of people a lot longer than I have. And for me, there's some, uh, hesitancy to be that, um, open. I think I've been, I think I've been as open as I can be on mm-hmm, here, mm-hmm. uh, as far as just vulnerability, but things like, uh, marriage and things that concern other people, I was always hesitant to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Like, like a marriage conversation. What do you do if your sex drives don't match? Yeah. What? How do you handle that? Let's navigate that with a father-son conversation about discipleship yeah, like, culture. Yeah. I, no thanks. No thanks. And I don't know who wants to even <laughs> listen to that. You know, we're not. Uh, well, Scott might want to listen to it, but we weren't hitting Scott. Well, Scott, he don't want to listen to it from us. He might want to listen to it from yeah. I don't know Joe Rogan or something. Who knows? Joe Rogan. Why would he know anything about that? Well, he would talk about it. That's for sure. He'd have something to say. It would probably be. I don't know. We won't get into it. Yeah, that's funny. Um. So we, we so we did avoid some topics, um, but that leads to uh, item five of our bullet point list today, which is frustration. And I don't know if you have frustrations, John, in this three-year journey, but I have one. Mm. And my frustration is that um, – uh, so be patient and kind of follow my train of thought here. Tension is a necessary part of holistic living. So if you are seeing things correctly – um, and thoughtfully and wisely, mm-hmm. then tension is never going to be removed. So um, for the example, the, the tension between a prosperity gospel that says God wants to bless you and the tension between that and take up your cross and follow me. And there's a tension there because God does prosper us. Our lives do improve because we are, we're telling the truth. We're doing everything unto the Lord. We're working hard. We care about people. Sure. So our lives are going to improve. Um, but God doesn't care about our material possessions and wealth is not his goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's tension there, right? You have to, you have to acknowledge there's tension there, the tension in a marriage between being your biggest supporter and the one who God is going to use to help you sort your things through and keep growing. So life is tension. And one of the things we do as human beings is we try to eliminate tension. We don't like it. Yeah. And so uh, my frustration with this whole podcast journey, probably during the COVID years, is that our culture has no ability for nuance and no patience for tension. Mm -hmm. So what happens is people gravitate to the extreme answer so that it shuts down all the tension. I don't have to think critically. I don't have to acknowledge that these things are in opposition to each other and they're both they're both true. Yeah. Uh, It's just easier to pick an extreme answer. And stick my flag in the ground and demonize anybody that disagrees with me. Yeah. And I've just gotten flat exhausted from that. Sure. And I think that's one of the reasons, you know, 
topics we avoided was whether or not we thought it was worth it. And and the big theme of of at least my content, my contribution to these conversations recently has been the power of going small. And it's funny to to harp on and on about the power of going small from a platform. Right. Um, but I think it's, you know, the the people, the public, uh, at least where we are now and the culture we are now, cannot accept that tension as a mass, as a society. But people can. And that's when I think of uh, going small, talking to to peoples and saying, hey, you, I'm not talking about what the politicians doing, what your boss is doing. I'm talking about you. Yeah. You know what you're doing. And, yeah. And so that that has hope for me. Yeah. So going small has become insider language for us because we know what we mean by that. So let's unpack that just for a second. Going small is the idea that irrelevance might be the pathway to the most powerful life. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, the most impactful life. So that I'm not on a massive platform. I'm not speaking to massive crowds. I know, for example, as a pastor of a sizable church, that uh, my most powerful influence is in the tiniest circle of me and my family. Mm. And then as that circle goes outward to, you know, whatever, how many hundreds of people are a part of the church, uh, you might say, well, that's the powerful influence. You got hundreds of people. And no, that influence is broad, but it's also very shallow. Yeah. And so um, part of this lure that you and I both are experiencing at the same time is, what if we just disappeared? <laughs> and um, we had these kinds of conversations with people who pulled up a chair and said, talk to me about this. That would be more vulnerable. It'd be more face-to-face. It would be more human. Mm-hmm. And therefore, it would be more powerful. And there's this romantic lure to that for both of us that perhaps disappearing from any spotlight is the pathway that both would honor Jesus and would deepen the impact of our lives. Are we saying the same thing? Yeah. And I think, uh, well, we can get on to what's next is next, right? Yeah. What's next for us is the, is the last topic. Well, that, and that's part of this conversation. Uh, so f- I think again, for you, a life in the public for a lot longer, you've had this urge to, to disappear for, for a minute now. <laughs> and, uh, for me, you know, I, to let you guys in a little bit, I, I opened this conversation on us having some kind of hiatus indefinitely. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, we, we explored that a bit and eventually we came to this, uh, realization, that, realization that it was, uh, my urge to write that I want to mm-hmm. be able to focus entirely. And that even though, even the, you know, on paper, whatever time requirement this actually has, the mental requirement is uh, significant to a point. Yeah, because you have to think about this. We have to write, get the podcast recorded. Yeah. We're thinking about episodes and stuff. And and surely this is why we didn't do it so well that it took off. I mean, we didn't have production value. We didn't have really airtight episodes that were deeply uh not rehearsed. We hate rehearsal. No, but but, um, but that were researched yeah. and more tight. Um, yeah, and sound cues. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. So uh, for me, that's more of my urge is because I have something else I really a better, want to a bigger do. yes. Yeah, uh, and uh, so I do. I 100 percent understand the urge to go small. It's funny because here the influences is shallower and the vulnerability is a lot shallower. Mm-hmm. So the idea of having these conversations one-on-one with people and going deep like that is actually very scary to me 
but mm-hmm. I do believe because uh, it, it's less safe. Less safe. They're in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, as much as I love our our listeners here, there is there is the distance. There's, There's a little the wall. space. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, I 100% acknowledge the power of that, and I think the vulnerability and power go hand in hand. Anyways, I think they those do. metrics climb yeah. together and sync together. Well, yeah, you don't have impact without vulnerability. That's the that's the big lie. Yeah, is that you can be flash, you can be image, you can be celebrity, you can be spotlight. You can be an actor. You can mm-hmm. be a character. You can be a celebrity, uh, and have great impact. And that's an illusion. Yeah, uh, the, the, you can have great as far as numbers, like we're saying. You can have right. large, and you can make a lot of money and whatever. But to really, um, I continue to say, at the end of your life, there's going to be six people or so who carry your dead body from the hearse to the grave, and those six probably are the ones you have changed forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's and what's next for you? So I talked about my my next goal. Yeah, I'm a little lost on what's next for me. I have this product that I've been developing for a while now for dads, um, and it's a it's a you know it's an idea to help dads have meaningful conversations with their kids. Um, I do think that is a game changer. I think dads need to intentionally invest in the thinking and the worldviews and the faith processing of their kids, and to do so. Uh, with open, honest dialogue. Yeah. I think there's not, there may be not a, a greater thing a dad can do than that. And so I really want to help dads do that. Um, be, and I'm, I guess my, my anxiety is um, we didn't really attract a ton of dads with the podcast. Yeah. And uh, I was going to develop this product in time for Father's Day, and we were going to give it as a gift at the church to the dads of our church. And I talked to a couple of men about it, and they're like, oh, great. Father's Day, here's a gift to tell you how lousy you've been as a dad and remind you that <laughs> you dropped homework. the ball, yeah. and here's homework. And they're like, I don't want to come to church on Father's Day and be told all that. Hmm. And so I recognize that, that um, that's not the best way to do this. But I, but I, So I'm, I'm a little stuck on the product. That's a, the, the simple thing. I recognize that the people who will buy this card deck will not be dads. It'll be wives and moms. Yeah who will want their husbands and, and the fathers of their kids to have these conversations. So um, I'm trying to figure all that out and trying to just muster up the want to. Really, when I finished my master's program, which was during this podcasting season, uh, I just don't want to sit down and write. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted, and it's been a year now. And you did. It's crazy to think about. You were a man on fire because you, you, we wrote the pursuit and you were doing your master's program at the same time. Yeah, and I think I just got tired. Yeah, it. Uh, you know, even a blog takes me, you know, thirty minutes to write, but the thought of sitting down and writing a blog is exhausting. Mm-hmm. And so I've got to recapture some energy somewhere uh, for that. I do. Um, I do want to keep investing in in people I, um, to be. Uh, blunt about our audience you know we've had over seventeen thousand downloads over the three years so that sounds like man that's pretty good uh seventeen thousand twenty four times uh at this point people have put us in their ears and participated with this and i'm really that's that's moving to me yeah um and yet it was an average really of about 22 a week mm-hmm. so a, it came down to about 70 people per episode yeah about Ooh. 75 yeah um, and when the total listens, because they would pass to a friend every once in a while. So we have our biggest episode was what, like 150 downloads, downloads. lifetime downloads. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, we're not hitting a huge audience and that's fine. We, we, you know, um, but I'm wondering 
really what the Lord has next for me in terms of contribution, because I do feel this desire to go deeper with fewer rather than broad with many. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm going to be engaged on Instagram. I'm doing some daily Instagram posts on my Instagram, which is Jim Ladd one, if you care about that. I did one this morning, and these are just daily little 30-second posts. And then on Thursday nights, we've added an Instagram Live on the church Instagram to to have a you know twenty minute conversation about Sunday's passages that we studied, and have a kind of a deal. So that's Thursday nights at eight thirty. I think for now, those are the things I'm going to do, and just wait for some more clarity. Yeah. Um, I want to for for the future projects for the book. If you want to stay in tune on that and whatever, you know, if you, if you do finish the the dad deck, mm-hmm. uh, uh, patent pending, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you would find out about it on our Jim and John social yeah, media we're gonna keep, website. Yeah, we're going to keep our website alive. There is a, you know, there's a little expense we're going to keep going because the platform to keep the podcast alive, the platform to keep the website alive, uh, we're going to keep those going and we will drop in occasional blogs, um, maybe updates on the book journey. Um, that's where you can keep up with us. We'll be at, uh, Jim and Yeah. And, uh, and again, it's tough because we know this is so, uh, um, we have taken a lot of ear time for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So this is mm-hmm. a, a relationship and, and uh, we are profoundly grateful, incredibly grateful. And we don't want it to come across like we're not grateful or that, you know, we're skipping off into greener pastures <laughs> and you're, you know, like you're getting dumped or something, but, um, but we love you guys. And, uh, and I'm grateful for you, dad, for all this. I mean, a hundred and if each one's just short an hour, that's probably 120 hours, I think of recorded conversations. Oh, at least, you know, it, cause we're at episode 147 and we did some Jim and John, you know, some Jim thoughts, John thoughts. So it's a lot. And I'm grateful too, John. I, I cherish all of this and we will have to add a structure to our life where we get to keep having these conversations, just not recording podcasts. Um, and I want to say again, as like you did, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you are a patron, watch your email. We will be sending a video out to you in the next week or so with uh, a little more um, personalized uh, appreciation and information on our journey. Sure. Hey, we love you so much. Thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for your uh, support. Um, we're grateful. We just want to say thanks. Thank you.